I very much appreciate having this community to sit with during this time. And it's become very important to me to stress to you that the sitting that we do together, the practice that we undertake, even though it's virtual, is in no way less than a practice that you would undertake on retreat. And not only that, it's possible for us to fully awaken together, to fully awaken in this lifetime. It's true. It's entirely possible for us to achieve full awakening. And this we can have faith. In Zen, they talk about great faith, great doubt, great determination. So we can have good moments, better moments, spacious moments, where we think, you know what? It's true. I can experience a, a broader kind of attention. Um, and awareness, this presence Tracy's already always talking about, I can do this. And then come the regrets. Then comes the stuff that happens. And yesterday, I had a wonderful time with my daughter. We went to Chinatown, and everything was just wonderful, glorious, except that we missed the train by like a minute. Have you ever, those of you who take trains, watched to go down the track? And truly, on the scale of regrets I have, that's tiny. It's really, it was just a moment of, oh, if only I hadn't paused here, if only. And it was something easily rectified. We went and bought fancy donuts, you know, and it was okay to wait an hour with my hugely expensive caramel apple donut. But there are other regrets that visit us, other doubts. A few weeks ago, we had fun <clears throat> talking about waking up in the middle of the night, and lots of us have this experience, it turns out, and in other sagas as well. 3 a.m. is a popular time, or that ballpark, 2.45, 3.45, and typically at that time, we can be visited with huge doubts, self-doubts. Why, why did I stay in that terrible relationship for that long? I mean, I could understand it for a year or two, but that long? 
or why did I stay in that terrible job for that long? And we've all had this experience. And it, it goes from the most agonizing kind of thought train about the immediate circumstances of our life, often all the way back to the beginning. All the way back and back and back and back. And we see in those moments, this is the practice. What do we do? We seek to do something, pick up our phone and distract ourselves with an article from the news feed or order something or enroll in a course or book a trip. There has to be something we can do to make ourselves feel better. And that is the best time of day best time of night for watching this tendency to constantly reach outward, outward. Save me, save me from the horrible truth that I threw away 16 years or 20 years or whatever it is. Save me. The good news, the true news, is that it's that very moment, that very experience of profound self-doubt, that experience that is the portal to awakening. Great faith, I can awaken. Great doubt, look at this life feel this life now that I'm alone here. It's that moment when you do something that can feel completely rash, which is unplug from your thoughts, unplug from the impulse to fix, and just drop into the sensation of being present with that energy, the energy of those thoughts, that pattern, that ache, that pain, those regrets, that self-doubt. Feel it. And in Zen, there is this great doubt would be, you know, these so-called koans are not so-called, they're they're called koans, these riddles that were given. And in truth, our life gives us these riddles. In truth, the essence of a koan, something like, does a dog have Buddha nature? That's not even a good one, because of course they do. <laughs> but a, a true riddle is the feeling of myself, myself. I don't make sense. What I'm doing with my time in this precious life does not make sense. Because when we're lying there in insomnia, it suddenly becomes clear how much energy we 
pour out in our defenses, in our futile seeking. And at that moment, in that state of doubt, self-doubt, with this I'm supposed to awaken, with this life, if only they knew how much time I wasted just online shopping, just looking for cheap flights to faraway places. That moment we shift from being subject to object. We shift from being in the story, defending it, to turning to look and see this one. And as we shift from subject to object, seeing ourselves in the third person with this attention that's accepting and kind, a new life begins to appear, not in the distant future, not like we booked a trip, but right in the present moment, there's a feeling of vibrancy and aliveness that wasn't there when we were trapped in our thinking, in our ego, in our defenses. And sometimes just for a moment we feel it. And sometimes it feels like to help with it. I say in a polite form, there is a saltier form. That moment of freedom, of just being alive, emerging into life is the fruit of this thing called great doubt. And then in Zen, they'll add great determination. And that isn't some like bullish intention to just power through. It's that reckless experiment in a moment. And I urge you to try it when you're sleepless or tormented. To just drop into the sensation of being present with those thoughts, those feelings, that anguish, just feel it. And look at yourself objectively with an attention that isn't cold, but just the opposite, that is loving, interested. It's not swept up by your arguments. It just sees with kindness. So Hafiz, the 14th century Persian poet, writes, I wish I could show you when you are lonely or in darkness the astonishing light of your being, your being. We should talk about this problem, he says. There is a beautiful creature living in a hole you have dug. There's a beautiful creature living in a hole you have dug, and this is the 
truth and the truth of this practice, this path of awakening is that you cannot grasp it with your mind. That you can begin to feel it and open to it in that moment when you are so profoundly full of self-doubt that you are also full of wonder, capable of wonder. When you have become so convinced, looking at yourself objectively, third person, that you are completely identified with ego, with your wounds, with your fear, with your grasping, when you see that, that is when you have an inkling that you're also more. That presence that's with you just for a moment with complete acceptance and kindness. Hafiz was once asked by a woman, how can you tell when somebody is open to the divine, let's call it to, to the higher, to this greater state, to God, call it what you will, to love. And he said, he was silent, he thought, he looked deep into her eyes. Of course he did, he was a Persian poet. He had big, dark, Omar Sharif-like eyes, I bet. Anyway, he said, they have dropped the knife. They have dropped the knife. Isn't that beautiful? The knife that we so cruelly use against ourselves and others. That it's that moment of doubt, that 3 a.m., that time when you're lonely and in darkness, when you can do this rash thing that a Zen master would call great determination. It's like yelling Geronimo and jumping from your thinking, from your complexes, from your identification, your identification into a simple and direct state of being, breathing, sensing, awareness. You escape then the story of the bad relationship and the bad life. And something is born anew. So let's sit together and then we can talk. We take comfortable seat, which means be completely at ease, completely welcoming yourself to be here as you are. And you're not seeking a better state, you're upright, and bringing, turning this gentle attention to what is.
often notice that there is an attention here that sees, that receives without judging, without commenting. And notice that this attention softens you just a bit. Opening to tensions, to the experience of thinking, not the content, but the way it feels in the body the particular vibrations or tensions it produces. Letting everything happen just as it's happening. And when you see or feel that you're being taken, identified, gently come back to the experience of being in a body, sensing, present. And notice that giving yourself to this stillness, to this awareness that is accepting, begins to open you to life. We settle down coming home to the body. And as we settle, we also open to life inside and outside.
and notice how it feels not to strive. To let everything be without pushing anything away or seeking anything other than this. And notice that you can begin again at any moment. Just come home to the body and sensation. And allow yourself to see that there is an attention present. that receives everything with kindness. Notice that this presence, this attention, is still, but very alive, very open.
notice that this awareness, this presence is in you. It is you. And it's also outside something that we share. Beginning to remember that we are not alone. how it feels to soften, to just sink into the moment, the body, let everything be still.
yourself receive the life that's pouring in. Notice the light, the warmth inside you. Notice that you're more than thinking, more than reacting. You are also presence.
dropping into the body, noticing the light of awareness that's present. Accepting and spacious and loving. Thank you for your practice, for your beautiful stillness. And if you have questions or observations about the practice, reflections, we would love to hear your voice. We can have an exchange. So please feel free to speak. Um, I wanted to um, just share something about a thought that I had in relation to what you were saying about these feelings that everyone has. How could I have been in that relationship for that long? How could I have made that mistake? How could I have been in that job for that long? And I suspect that everyone feels the same way, which is that when one has the realization that um, a lot of people feel that way about a lot of different things throughout their lives. It's accompanied by uh, the thought, but I, may, I think I'm the exception because I think I really made a bigger mistake than most people. Yeah. And that that's part of it, right? Yeah. <clears throat> it, it seems that that's part of the, the, the exercise, the repetition, the habit. Yeah, it is, and it's right I'm the, here. I'm the one who, 
Yeah, it's like, it's kind of like I'm inviting you to join a club you don't want to be a member of. It's like, but it's interesting um, right there um, where that feeling that you identify that you made a bigger mistake or some, that's a really interesting place because it's a place of shame. There's shame. There is... It, it's like a very juicy place to practice right there. I made a bigger mistake. And I would, um, one thing I find helpful, and it's something we all forget, including myself, in the, in the, in the moment, is don't think, see. That's the place of this acceptance. That that point of oh, but it's me, and it's so much worse. And it's so the shame comes up because it's right there that you see what you think you are, mm. and versus what you really are. If, and it's hard to put it into words, but it's just, it, it's extraordinary. And we can hear it and hear it and hear it. And still, when you entertain it in practice, it's extraordinary. That up comes the shame. Oh, but this is, I am so much worse. This was so much worse. And right then, to practice, to allow yourself to drop into the body and just entertain that there is a presence that's completely accepting, completely receiving this, that we begin to see. This is a practice that goes deeper and deeper and deeper into seeing this thing called ego, this, this fiction called Kent or Tracy. And it's only by the radical determination, it's not some effortful thing, but this willingness to be seen in this light. But you're right, inevitably, inevitably, the ego feels like the wor- you're the worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And your shame is very, very special and specially shameful. Unique. And then, yeah, and unique. And look and see what happens in the ego, because here's why. You know, I had all this possibility, blah, 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 or whatever. You know, I don't have to put words to it. Just see all of us. The ego claims everything for itself. And by ego, I heard one simple definition, which is very helpful in this practice. Um from a Buddhist monk, ego can be thought of as a defense against pain. All that stuff, 
that we do to defend ourselves against pain, all kinds of pain. And we would rather suffer, the ego would rather hurt than let go. And But all of this again and again and again, just see for a moment with kindness, no resistance, that you're like this now. That's, that's kind of connected to what I was going to ask about. Um, first, to just say that at 3.49 last night, while I was awake, I was sending out a wish to each and every one of you. So I hope you got that. <laughs> I did. I did. I was also awake, and I totally received it. <laughs> um, but the, the other part is that the line from Hafiz that you said before about something extraordinary shining in the hole that you've dug. You know, when I hear something like that, which of course is just like a beautifully poetic way of talking about self-compassion. And anytime something really touches me and brings me to that point of self-compassion, it immediately fills me with tears. I mean, with, with well, compassionate tears. And I wonder if, if that, is that just one little release, one moment of release from the ego that wants you to just stay strong and miserable? <laughs> yes, <laughs> it certainly, it sounds like that, as you describe it. And all kinds of wonders are possible because what we're doing, it sounds like I'm like, like the fairy tale lady saying that when we turn from being completely and strictly identified with the ego, with its stories, with its defenses, and it literally is just turning to see ourselves objectively, but not in a clinical way, but with kindness and softness and no insisting and striving as we do that we begin to discover like you've discovered this tenderness tenderness appears and compassion and at other moments it can feel like a great warmth at other moments it can feel like this kind of shining confidence mm -hmm. this freedom from fear that you've stepped out of the cage of, of you can have a moment of thinking, why am I believing those stories anymore? Mm -hmm. Those aren't true. And this moment of feeling like, and it's just for moments because the power of habit come, brings it back. But for a moment, we're the shining life, free of our old fears. And limits, and it's like it's extraordinary the way we shackle ourselves to our suffering. Mm -hmm. We do. It's like we insist this is who I am, right, and <laughs> yeah, I have failed at love, or you know, we insist on it. Mm 
you know, that I, this is my baggage and I'm bringing it with me everywhere I go, like Marley's chains. And then we can, at this moment, at 349 or whenever it is, of just this tenderness, like, oh, this is something different. And it's me, too, somehow. Mm-hmm. And that, what you tasted, Mary Ellen, is, is that light that Afi's talked about, that presence that you also are, that warmth, and that um, quote, I'm not going to quote it, I sent around about how we're all wounded, every single person here is wounded in multiple ways, multiple ways, and this is a practice, not for banishing that or escaping from it, but for accepting it, welcoming it with that tenderness of heart, that acceptance, so that suddenly we become very good company. We become a place of safety and ease for others who suffer. That, that very suffering helps us be of service. And not in a way that we have to think about, but just our presence. It's really true. Including to ourselves. Tracy, I, I just wanted to share an experience that I had today. Um, something you said that struck me differently today that it was just really helpful when you talked about um, noticing what it feels like to think and the vibration. Yeah. Um, it was a really interesting challenge for me that shifted something pretty profoundly um the the awareness of the thinking often i have an awareness of the thinking and then i come back um but the difference in not leaving the thinking and coming back but just sort of opening to the experience of thought um kept turned the thought away from the story for me. And I never had an experience of what it feels like, feels like to be thinking. Um, So it was, it brought me to some kind of, um, I don't know, a different kind of quiet in a way um, where the thought was still there, but it wasn't, it wasn't a push-pull. It wasn't like, oh, it's taking me away. I need to come back. It was more expansive in allowing it to just be part of my experience, if that makes any sense. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. That's beautiful. It does make sense. And you begin to see 
that instead of setting up this dichotomy of thinking versus feeling, being present, that in a state like that, the thought becomes part of the seeing. Mm. And it kind of direct, it can direct a movement. But yeah, it's like, it's beautiful. It's really, and it takes so long to um, glimpse. It can, maybe it doesn't for everybody. But what you describe, what would it be like to have an effort that has no striving, no effort, no splitting off, but just being present with? And you discover these, like you discovered, you can feel your thoughts and you can sense them, their vibrations. I even had this strange experience of sitting outside and there was a conversation that two birds were having out here. And I was aware of their chirping and their song. Um, but instead of what normally happens, it's like, oh, you know, what are they saying? And oh, that's beautiful. Or oh, it's annoying or whatever the thing is, the thoughts about the sounds. I had this bizarre feeling that I could feel their sound yeah made me feel this really tremendous connection with um just with everything I don't know yeah it was pretty thank you thank you and we can hear those birds and it is really um beautiful to begin to have moments like that of when we drop in and we just just for a moment I'm gonna say that until I die just for a moment moments experience what it's like to be still to not resist and you begin to discover vibrations that we live in this world of vibrations, of different qualities and densities and fineness. And that we're part of life in this extraordinary way that we don't notice because we're just made to receive and perceive and sense these vibrations. We are literally made of them. Yeah. It's extraordinary. And it begins to show you that you could be guided by them. You know, I mean, maybe I'm saying too much or it, it adding on. So, but that we can live in a way that where we're not separate from life and frantically trying to control our lives or find happiness. But instead of that, that we're really giving ourselves to life to, you know, be held and to respond, if that makes sense. To be right where we are, 
right where we are without changing anything. And to begin to see that we can influence life by our presence and that we can be touched in turn, healed, supported. And again, it's something that we can practice just at moments. It's not like you have to now all quit your jobs and be homeless like the Buddha and just go forth. But a moment like Lisa described, just feeling, thinking. And including, like when Kent was talking about ego, that thought, oh, but it's so much worse for me. It's so much less excusable. Whatever. You know, that, that moment, too. Instead of that being split off and, you know, unwelcome stepchild, feel that. Feel that. Don't think it or argue with it. Feel it. That posture. And that, too, becomes like the bird song. So why don't we sit for just a moment or two, a minute or two, just sit in stillness. And then we'll dedicate the practice. And notice how you feel, quite literally. Whatever is present. And if you have thoughts like, I don't know, what the hell she's talking about. I alone have no clue. <laughs> or that, was it just me or was that boring? Whatever you're thinking or feeling, or just feel it. Just feel it with an attitude of welcome, acceptance. Feeling the body. And noticing and thinking and feeling and our postures and our everything, everything can be felt as kind of vibration. And we send it all, all package, all flow, loving wishes, putting hands in our heart space. May you be safe, meaning yourself, completely safe and protected. 
may you be as well as can be. May you live with ease and awaken. And we open our hearts, these broken hearts, and let this intention, this practice, these vibrations that are tender and radiant shine out. And we offer ourselves all these vibrations to the dedication, to dedicate them to the healing and the freedom of all beings everywhere without exception, including ourselves. May all beings everywhere be safe and protected. May they know their true presence. May they know they are loved and lovable. May they live with ease and shine and be completely unbounded and free. Thank you, thank you, thank you everyone for your practice, for sharing it here with us, for being part of this community. For those of you who give donations know how appreciated it is. It helps all of this keep going, lets me keep doing this. And I hope you take very good care of yourselves and Look forward to seeing you again next Wednesday, next Friday, next Sunday. Take good care. Bye-bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thank Bye -bye. you. Thank you so much. Bye. -bye.